Hey everybody, welcome to Potty Mouth. <laughs> because Nick, my fully vaccinated and boosted uh, life partner, is down with Coco. <clears throat> I mean, we're married to other people, but we've been doing these episodes for, I don't know, upwards around three years. And this is actually going to be the first one that I'm doing all by myself. Uh, not scared, but a little bit maybe. Um, we have, of course, had some awesome people who have appeared on the show with us before, but also uh, we've had a couple who have uh, led it for us and uh, done it by themselves. But I, this is the first time I've done it alone, so look out. Um, and hopefully you won't click off and say, oh, I'll just wait till Nick gets back. Uh, because I, I just I, I kind of want to see how it goes. But more importantly, I guess it's it gives us the opportunity to talk about Nick without him knowing about it, at least for a little while. Um, and he can't defend himself either. So let's start off with this uh, uh, little uh, discussion point about Nick and his bout with SARS-CoV-19. It sounds terrible. So we're going to go with Coco, because I think Coco is a is a much better way because it sounds, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, oh, yeah, innocuous. <laughs> See what I did there? Um yeah, it's innocuous. Uh, at least it sounds like it is, because then you have, that's right, Emily, I'm sorry I can't make it to the party because I have the cocoa. That sounds a lot better than saying COVID. Now, look, let's be straightforward and do a disclaimer. And that disclaimer is this. I'm not going to make fun of this because I've had COVID twice and uh, two years apart. The first one was terrible. It sucked. Second one was not nearly as bad. But I have some close friends who have uh, two in particular who almost died. And it was, it's scary. It's some scary stuff. And that's what makes this so weird is some people make fun of it because, hey, I had a fever and, and that's it. But some people really went through the ringer with this. And I, it's not for me to decide or who to say is, you know, well, you deserved it or <laughs> or whatever, but some it affects people dramatically differently. So I don't want to make light of that. On the other hand, I also want to make sure that we're straightforward about it in that let's just talk about stuff that we can prove. Let's not talk about feelings as uh, um, uh, a lot of people look at it and they just are saying things like, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm scared and so I have to do this. Well, as I said, Nick's been fully vaccinated, boosted multiple times, uh, as far as I know, and um, and he still got it. And he said his is not a fun one. His is not one of the, the easy roles. And this is the first time, I think he said, this is the first time he's had it. So that might have something to do with it as well. So again, I'm not going to diminish what anybody has gone through or is going through. Um, and let's face it, we want Nick to get well. So we'll be talking about the good part of it as we go through it. And so while we're still on COVID, and this will be my last point before we move on, because I think, holy crap, it's been talked to death over the years. Um, but vaccine proponents and mandators, and no, that's not somebody who's on Tinder, uh, those people would have you believe that that Nick, at least, no matter how bad it is, that at least he had the vaccine because then he wouldn't have had it. He, he has it much better than he would have otherwise had he not gotten the vaccine. I call bullshit. That's there is nothing, no study, no credible study that shows that that is true. And I'm not sure exactly how you'd measure it. So it's mostly a talking point. 
look, it can be bad, but the original selling point was if you get the vaccine, you won't get COVID. If you get the vaccine, you won't spread it to other people, both of which are lies. And so you buy into it little by little, or you just say, you know what, it's all a bunch of crap. And much of it is. The other part is it's dangerous. So take what you can know, what you can prove, and move with that. That would be my advice. That's the advice anyway that I'm taking and trying to look at it like they. Okay, enough for Coco, at least for today. Uh, and I hope that's enough. And Nick, we all wish you well and uh, hope you feel better really soon. Um, ah, let's give you a Hurricane Ian update. Um, he's out of Florida. Uh, <laughs> remember the good old days when they used to name hurricanes after women? Yes, we were blameless as men, and I liked it that way. Uh, <laughs> no longer. <laughs> it's uh, it's all of us are in on this. And so if you don't know, uh, my wife Lisa and I live in Port Charlotte, Florida, and uh, we were kind of right in the target zone for Hurricane Ian for some time at least. So at the last minute, we got an evacuation order uh, in our rental property where, we're, where we've been for a year. We're building a new house, uh, still waiting for that to be done, but hopefully in a couple of months, it will be. So we were kind of worried about two houses, one that we're building and is not quite finished and has no garage door, uh, no soffits, so on, you get the idea. Um, and one that is full of our stuff. <laughs> so uh, we're thinking, okay, well, this it could be really ugly. We did evacuate um, because, and people laughed at me for this. I um, took a, uh, I started like a hurricane plan back in May, I think. And, uh, and in that, I was just kind of laying out what we would do. I even chose the hotel if we had to evacuate. And I pretty much said, uh, you know, based on where we are and what the storms can do, if it's a category three or larger or greater rather, uh, we had planned to evacuate anyway. And so I chose this hotel and I'm not gonna tell you where it was because I don't want it to be full next time I try, but it's kind of mid-state in Florida. I may have already told you in the last episode, but that's okay. Um, it's a it, but it was a nice enough hotel. It's not great. It was nice and, and uh, uh, comfortable and um, 90 miles or 90 minutes rather from our from our rental property. So all good. Chose it. We got there. I had made reservations early. We had everything ready to go. I had go bags for just about any circumstance, uh, food storage, stuff like that, uh, water. So we were pretty well set. And I'll give Lisa props. She gave me props. <laughs> so even after it was, ha ha, he's doing a hurricane plan, uh, it actually worked out. And so that's my first piece of advice maybe is think about that. If you're in a hurricane prone area, you should have a plan. It's a lot easier to execute and make changes. And believe me, I still had lists going when we're, you know, three days away. And if you'll remember the European model had it curving into the state whereas the U.S. model uh, had it going straight to the panhandle, which it didn't. Um, so I'm thinking, well, it, it can move right in, and sure enough, that's what it did. Fort Myers Beach, you saw what happened there, Pine Island. Uh, they are both within 30, 
miles of our rental property. So um, anyway, we went, headed off to, uh, to our hotel and it was fine. We were good for the first day. Uh, we got there on Tuesday and the hurricane came Wednesday afternoon and Thursday. And it was, you know what, it was, it was okay. The hotel was great. And of course, suddenly it's a vacation and you're in this nice hotel and they had a restaurant and a bar and yeah, so we're kind of hanging out and, you know, this hurricane stuff isn't so bad. Met some nice people. Um, we had chosen, I had chosen the hotel because it takes pets. And uh, at the time when I made <laughs> the choice that we were going to use them, we had our dog who we've since had to put down, um, sadly. But on a good or bad note, the place had, there were like 50 pets <laughs> in this hotel. And so their dogs barking. And if you're a dog person, it's, it's no big deal. As long as it's not right next door uh, and at all hours of the night. Most of them were fine. And frankly, day two, most of them were just confused. And that's okay. That's you, you have to expect that when they're just being yanked out of their homes and their daily routines. So anyway, it, there were, yeah, 50 dogs at this place. So you can imagine it was, uh, you know, people are walking them. And, you know, guys' toupees are blowing off and the dogs out there trying to get them to do their business. And um, it was kind of fun watching that and not having to do it ourselves. Uh, so it, it was a... It, it was a nice enough hotel. It was fine. We were enjoying cocktails at the bar. And then the storm hit. And it wasn't crazy where we were, but it, it hit. And it was. It looked like it was heading, once it made landfall, right for where we were. So we're like, oh, good. We moved from one place, and it missed the area or by a little. And then it's heading right to where we are, uh, or evacuated. Uh, it came to the hotel, uh, kind of. And then the eye wall sort of broke down. So we really didn't get a lot. It was windy and rainy, and the hotel, we looked out the windows of the floor we were on, and there were two palm trees. And it was great because you could see them blowing in the breeze and kind of tell how uh, high the wind was uh, based on, you know, how far they were bent. And uh, in the morning, we woke up, and it was only like this because the other palm tree fell down. And I was uprooted and laying across the driveway, didn't hear it or anything. And, but if you know palm trees, they have a, kind of a, um, a small root system. It's a, it's a ball, essentially, and they don't really spread out like many other trees do. So they don't have a lot of, especially when the ground is wet, they don't have a lot of stability. So a 40, it was probably 40, maybe a 50 mile an hour wind by the time it got to us there. They... I mean, it just uprooted it and it was down. What I do understand, though, is that they can replant them, which is kind of cool. You can't really do that, I don't think, with deciduous trees or trees that have bigger root systems. But I digress. So it was windy. It was windy. It was rainy. Uh, and then the power went out. It actually went out, I think it was Wednesday night, um, 5.30. I know it was after 5 because we were having a cocktail at the bar. And as we're sitting at the bar, I was reminded of the day before when I saw a, a big forklift bringing a generator around the side of the hotel. And I'm going, yes, that's why I picked this hotel. They understand and they're prepared for it. And sure enough, this generator is all hooked up to their panel uh, on the hotel. And I'm, yes, 
So here we are sitting at the bar and everything goes dark. And it's okay because I've got a drink. <laughs> and the the place is just, uh, it's just pitch dark. And then suddenly the lights come back on. And I'm going, yes, the generator. And everybody is, this is awesome. And we were so psyched because the power was back on. And so anyway, we stayed, had some dinner, uh, went up to our room, and there's no power. <laughs> so the generator was only powering the lobby area, the kitchen, uh, which was good if you wanted to eat, uh, and some of the lower level areas. That's it, not the rooms. <laughs> so suddenly I'm all impressed. And yeah, we had no power in the room. No power, uh, no Wi-Fi, no anything. So we're in the dark, literally. <sighs> it was okay. It's not that big a deal, but it was just, and honestly, it was just that 24-hour period. On Friday, the lights came back on. So we're psyched and we're giving them props. There was some guy on a balcony in the hotel and he's waving at the uh, utility guy who hooked us up. And, Thank you. <laughs> and we all kind of felt that way. The problem is we had to check out on Friday. And I even asked at the front desk, do you have any rooms available where we could stay, um, you know, one extra night maybe just because we have power and I know there's not going to be power at home. Oh, sorry, we're booked up. We have a whole bunch of, uh, we have a whole bunch of utility guys coming in. <laughs> so their rooms were booked and, you know, what am I going to be mad at the utility guys? Um, there were trucks everywhere in Florida. So we moved from, and I, this is becoming kind of like the old days when a friend would show you a slideshow. Let me show you a slideshow of our vacation. You're going to love it. And you're just like <laughs> halfway through trying to hang yourself. Um, then I'm trying to make it move a little faster uh, than in real time. So I will. Friday then we decided, we well, we got to go back home and let's see what we're facing. So on the way, this 90-minute drive home took... Uh, five and a half hours. We ended up after being turned back twice from flooded roads. And I'm talking about flooded four or five feet deep. Uh, you could tell and you could, when there are waves in the floodwaters over the road, you probably shouldn't do it. Uh, we have an F-150. It's not, doesn't have a lift kit or anything, but yeah, I'm, I'm good with a foot and a half, two feet of water if I have to. Um, didn't have to. We turned around, ended up going way north um, to Highway 60, if you know Florida, and then to the uh, west and then south on 75. Uh, that took us about two hours north of our house when we hit 75, hour and a half. Uh, it goes, 60 goes right into Clearwater, which is pretty far north. Anyway, so we went south on 75, worked out fine. We were able to get there, a couple minor detours as we were going in, but the closer we got to home, the more damage we saw. So a lot of trees down um, and and down, I mean, really down. My friends in the Midwest, look, we're all familiar with, her, with uh, tornadoes. Um, I've got friends in Oklahoma and <laughs> yeah, they know tornadoes as well, Texas. Um, but this was like a tornado that lasted six hours. And, uh, my son who he and his family decided to, to stick it out. They ride it out, I guess is what you say. Uh, 
ride it out in Venice, Florida, which was not too far from us, but um, they had a good facility. They had uh, uh, generators and so on. And he said, though, that they had 100 plus mile an hour winds for two hours straight. And that's a lot. That's, I mean, that's some serious wind. And of course, they had trees down, flooding and things like that. All safe, thank God. So we uh, got back to our neighborhood. We stopped first at the house we're building. And we were not sure what to expect. And we're praying a little on the way in. Um, and uh, we, we pulled in and we could see that, oh, A, we were surprised because they had done all the drywall. When we left on uh, Tuesday, the day before, there was no drywall left. It was stacked on the floor of the house. And we're thinking, oh, great. If it rains in, this is not gonna, this is gonna be wet wall, not drywall. But they had put it all up. And so we're, wow, um, that's pretty cool because now we're getting close to the, hopefully to the end of the project, at, at least closer. And when we went in the house, we were, I couldn't believe it because in the garage, they had a stack, I don't know, six or seven sheets of drywall yet. There's no front garage door on this house. And the, they were all dry sitting inside the garage. I couldn't believe it. I mean, there was stuff that had blown in, some debris and so on, but that's all. So I, I was amazed. And then we went into the main house and two sections of drywall had fallen. Um, there's uh, uh, insulation underneath the drywall and it was all wet. But as I told you, there uh, were no soffits at all. So what happened is it looked like it blew inside the soffits, rain and wind and water and, and everything in it. Um, it. It got it all wet and too heavy probably. And it dropped a couple of sections of drywall. No big deal, easy enough to fix. And uh, on the uh, shingles, there was a roof cap, just a little cap that had uh, come uh, come off. And so they're going to replace that too. So that's it. We were lucky and we were praying Thanksgiving at that point and just very lucky, fortunate, blessed to walk out of there without really any damage at all. No trees down. We cleared a lot of them, but none of them were down anywhere near or in the facing land. So that was good. And now we're thinking, okay, now let's go to the rental where we have all our crap and see what's there. And you have to picture it, and I know I've mentioned it before on these episodes, that uh, when we moved in, we weren't sure how long we were going to be there. It's been over a year now. Um, we just put stuff. It's got a one-car garage so we could play, pull the Harley in, and then we would have a place to store some of our stuff that we didn't need to unpack. Well, it's been there for a year now. So we have boxes everywhere. The bike's still in happily. And uh, we just weren't sure what was going to happen. So we tried to get stuff off the floor as much as we could throughout the house. We had stuff up off the floor. Um, and But you're always afraid, you know, there's going to be six inches of water and it's a whole different ball game. We walked in, there was water in the lanai in the back, probably an inch and a half deep. And that's it. Uh, nothing else in the house. And these are windows. And one of the reasons we left is because these windows are original. And they're from, I don't know, what, 1950, 60 maybe? And I'm thinking, there's no way these things are going to make it. And they did. So I don't know. I give them props because obviously it, uh, in a 100-plus mile-an-hour wind, it, it survived. So that was great. And the wind was great. And we knew that because there were a whole bunch of trees down. Uh, in the front of the house, in the back of the house, 
kind of all surrounding. Nothing hit the roof. The roof was fine. It was just replaced a few months earlier. So, yeah, really blessed. We had some cleanup to do. Uh, since it's a rental, our uh, the uh, people who own it are going to pay to have the trees taken care of. And so uh, the bigger problem there was that the power was out. So no power, no internet, no nothing. And it's not just a, you know, oh, a few hours and they'll fix it. This is a major ordeal. So we were there for a week. Um, and for a week, we had no power. Um, we have a generator and the generator is fine. It works great. It's a gas generator, which, uh, would not be allowed in California, uh, <laughs> but it is in Florida. And so we used it like other people all around us. And the problem then becomes we had plenty of gas in the truck, but we didn't have enough, uh, for the generator for many, many, many days. My fault. I should have had more gasoline available but you know you question that too is that what if something happens to the house then your big uh, gasoline can blows up and uh, causes other damage so to make a long story longer we decided to go out on a gas run and we were trying to find gas stations that were open well if you know anything about what happened down there businesses were leveled and no one had power uh, most of it is back up now and give some props to Florida Power and Light and certainly all the people who came in from out of state. Um, what an amazing job. And they were everywhere. I mean, I've never seen so many bucket trucks and line trucks. And uh, there were guys and ladies from everywhere around the country. So big props to them. Um, it, it was it was pretty amazing uh, what was put forward. All that said, we were still without power for a week. And when we left, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment, we came up to Wisconsin uh, in a previously planned trip, and uh, we still didn't have power at the house. So <laughs> we were generator for the entire week. Um, all of the all of the food in our fridge and freezer froze, or excuse me, thawed. <laughs> Everything went bad. Um, that was the same for almost everybody, just because. If you evacuated, that happened. The grocery stores, their power was out for two or three days. Their stuff went bad. Um, and to make it worse, they weren't doing garbage pickup. <laughs> so if you've ever had rotten food in your garbage bin, oh, man, this is the second or third time, and it is not something I recommend. Um, it was... <laughs> It was interesting to say the least, but they did, <laughs> thank you, pick up the trash before we left. And so we got rid of that stuff, and, and that was a blessing. Um, but my point was we did not have to run the fridge on the generator. We just decided to keep the fridge down because uh, otherwise then you have to run the generator 24-7 to keep the refrigerator cold. Um, didn't do that. We would run a fan because the air didn't work. Um, I don't have it hooked up to the house. I'm hoping this doesn't happen that often. So we just plugged stuff in. Uh, we plugged in, let's see, the important things, fan, coffee maker, um, hot plate if we were going to make uh, a meal or something. And we had to get a little creative a couple of times because you couldn't go out to a restaurant because they had no power. 
And some of them that had generators, well, they were packed with people, those that had it, and the same with gas stations. As they would open up a little at a time, they'd pump gas until they ran out. And then somebody else would open up, and they'd pump gas till they ran out. If you weren't in that line, and sometimes the lines initially were half a mile long, if not longer. So uh, it became kind of a challenge when we finally needed to get gas for the generator. I want to say it was Tuesday or Wednesday, the week the week after the storm. Um, we heard that there was a place in uh, in Venice that might have gas. So we pulled in there relatively early in the morning, and both stations that had gas the day before were out. And so we're oh great! And then we looked across the street. And there's another station, and there's a line of vehicles, probably 20 vehicles waiting in line. We're going, we can do this. Cross the street, get in line. And sure enough, we got in and we got gas. I didn't need gas in the truck. Um, we did need it, though, for the generator. So I had I had bought a rolling gas can. Uh, I think it was a 14-gallon can of plastic. And we filled that. And that's it. I didn't fill the truck. We just got, I want to say it was like 60 bucks worth of gas, 40 bucks worth of gas. And uh, and then we got out of there. They did not have any premium. I always put premium in when I'm doing small engines, whether it's my Harley or whether it's, uh, you know, a, a gas trimmer or something like that. I've heard that from many people that you should use the highest octane you can. All they had was 87. So I went to an auto parts store and got an octane booster and uh, and that worked great. And off we go. So we had enough gas. We made it through the week. We hopped on our plane Saturday morning to uh, uh, come up here to Wisconsin, uh, and, uh, and and it worked great. So everything everything was fine, and we managed to uh, get up here. But as I said, we had no power from the moment we got there after the storm to the moment we uh, had to rush in and uh, uh, get to the airport. <laughs> at five in the morning. So uh, that was a good part about being at the airport. They had power and we're, yes, I got power. I got Wi-Fi. I'm good. So next stage is here up in Wisco. We're here for about 10 days. And I said, we had planned it. We're moving my mom into an assisted living facility. So that's why we did that. Um, we And everybody said, well, I hope you guys were okay with the hurricane. And uh, we went to our uh, since we've lived here before, we went to our past church, uh, church we used to attend, and so good to see our friends there. And, uh, uh, you know, they're all asking how everything was. And I tried to give them the abbreviated version of what I just gave you, which is houses are fine. We're good. We're safe. God loves us. Yeah. And so <laughs> that was kind of how it went. And, uh, but uh, really nice people. And, and that's, they're concerned about it. So, mom, um, a few weeks ago, um, a couple of months ago, broke her hip. She is, uh, mom's 93 years old, has lived on her own for forever. She's uh, my dad and two husbands after him, after they all three passed away. She's been on her own for, oh, uh, what, nine years or something like that. And this, it's a massive house uh, that she and her third husband built. Um, uh, not telling you that for any other reason that we have had the talk about maybe getting into assisted living in the past and how I usually left it with her is, look, it, it, to choose to do it is way better than being forced to do it. 
And she would say, yes, but I knew her heart was here. And there are so many people that have helped her. Uh, she was driving up until, you know, a few months ago, uh, which scares me to death, but just in this small town. So it wasn't anything beyond that. Again, she broke her hip, had surgery at 93 years old for her to have hip surgery because they think they can repair it. That's pretty impressive. She really is in good shape, sharp as a tack mentally. And, uh, and we are, again, so thankful for that. Um, and, and she is too. And, and that's cool to see too. She has been in rehab since the surgery and it's difficult for her because she's trying to learn to walk again um, and has some pain because she's uh, hurt herself a couple of different ways trying to walk the old way when she should be walking the new way without getting into all the great sort of details. But she's got a wheelchair now. And so in moving her from the rehab into the um, into the new facility she'll be in, we have to make room for the chair and so she can maneuver around this place, even with the hopes that she'll be walking with a walker assisted uh, in some way at some point, potentially. So we want to be careful about all of that. You know, I, you don't want to make her feel like she can't do it because she can. Um, but with the pain, you, you really have to manage that. So hopefully we'll be able to get that handled as well. Um, she had, she had, uh, damaged was fallen and damaged a kneecap about 15 or 16 years ago which makes me hurt just to think about it but we had bought her she had bought rather a scooter an old a three-wheeled scooter i say it's old because it was 16 years ago she used it for maybe a month or two and you know the little kind you ride on and can move around and it hadn't been used other than perhaps one or two drunken stupors by <laughs> by a grandchild <laughs> cruising around the house with the three-wheeler um, but not surprisingly we were able to get that thing back up uh, we changed batteries and had it serviced uh, by a, a guy nearby who did that and it was great and the thing cleaned up great and we're gonna we're hopeful that she might be able to ride that around so she's got some mobility in this new facility she's going in so that's what's going on um, when we so we've had some furniture moved in in anticipation of her move which is going to be uh the same day you see this or hear this and uh so we're we're excited about it and hopefully she is too uh but we want to have the apartment set up nicely for her so you know she's not sitting in there in an empty space waiting for movers um, got her some furniture. She is pretty much set up very nicely. But when we were moving in some of the furniture, <laughs> uh, there was a nice, nice lady who was one of the residents. And she's down by the front desk. And, and I said to a lady at the desk, I said, hi, uh, I'm Lois's son. And and I have the key and this is the room number. And I'm wondering if you could tell me how to get there. And she said, oh, of course, you just go here, 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 here. And this lady came over and she said, I'm her neighbor. I'm right next door. I said, oh, no kidding. Well, how nice is that? She said, well, I'll take you up there. I'm going up right now. And I said, well, you sure you wouldn't mind? She said, that would be fine. So my buddy, Matt, who many of you have heard uh, before screaming into my ear on these podcasts, and uh, a couple of the delivery guys, Matt's son, we were all uh, uh, going up to the room. So 
okay, sure. So we went up with her and we get in the elevator and she's just talking. Oh, she's going to be, she's going to love this. They have a little pub, if you can believe it, in this assisted living facility. So she can, <laughs> oh, we have happy hour every Wednesday. at. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so it made me laugh because I'm picturing these all these folks who are uh, in residence there that are sitting up at the bar having cocktails on Wednesday night and then somehow trying to make it back to their rooms. Uh, this lady was all about it, though, and very social, you could tell. And that's exactly what my mom wants and needs. So we're looking forward to that. She took us long story longer up to her room and she said okay well this will be your mom's room right over there and i said well thank you so much that was sure nice and she went into her room and closed the door and we were looking at each other sort of smirking because what i didn't tell you about this lady is that she was blind and she had you know, the walking cane and she was taking us to the room and so, <laughs> knowing that I'm sure she had exceptional hearing, I didn't want to say anything loudly outside her door. So once we got in mom's apartment, I said to Matt, well, that was the blind leading the dumb. And as it turned out, <laughs> he, of course, was thinking the same thing. So laughing our butts off. Uh, if, if you could have seen it, I guess it was funnier in my head when we saw it. But so true. This nice, wonderful blind lady, who I hope is going to be a great friend of my mom's uh, was <laughs> with the stick down the hallway <laughs> and telling us stories as she went. And there was a line of four or five guys behind her and she was indeed leading us uh, worth every second of it. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, we are in mom's house and we are uh, uh, keeping it clean and um, trying to make sure that uh, everything is is running well here. She is not in a hurry to sell it. Mom is uh, uh, a big fan of. Uh, we've grown up in this town. I was born and raised and and baptized and uh, everything in this town. Um, so the house that we used to be in is on the other edge of town, and frankly, it's kind of a dive now. It's really been uh, deteriorated, sadly especially when, you know, you were born and raised in that, in that place. And so she has always had a soft spot and has wanted to buy it back and fix it up, which would be a money pit. Trust me. Um, if maybe somebody will someday, someday do that. I see a lot of this stuff and it's cyclical in neighborhoods all over the country where, you know, a house looks really terrible. Somebody buys it, fixes it up. It's beautiful. And then it goes through a state of decline at some point, or someone spends X tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars and makes it new again, or the way they like it. So hopefully it's just part of a cycle that's eventually going to, going to change. I don't know. Um, but she's attached to homes and this is no exception. So uh, for now, she's been blessed financially that she doesn't have to uh, sell it and she can still afford assisted living just fine. And um, so we're going to do our best to use it as kind of a meeting place when we're in the area, when we come to visit her. And we're happy to do it because it's the hotel prices are zero here at her house, at least so far. I don't know if she's planning a loyalty program that would 
get us <laughs> lowest points when we uh, when we stay. But uh, anyway, so it, it's nice to be here. It has become kind of our family connection place, if not the house we grew up in. That place would be much too small for us these days um, because, you know, it's always I, I don't know if you know this about places where you've grown up, what you remember for some reason, it's always much smaller in reality than it was in your mind. I don't know if it's because we were kids or or whatever, but uh, it, it just seems like that's the case with several places that we've been exposed to over the years. Uh, so we're happy to be here. It's a great house. Uh, it's a massive house. It's way bigger than the one we're building. And I'm Lisa and I could not be happier about that. Uh, but so, yeah, we're just going around the house doing things and we can't hear each other. Hey, honey, what are you? You know, she can't hear me. And where are you? I don't know because she's on the other end of the house. Um, so we put on some miles in here. I think I was at my step goal uh, the other day <laughs> within, I don't know, seven hours of walking around this house back and forth trying to get some things done. So anyway, it's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. I had a list of things that I was going to talk to you about. And as you can tell, I've been going on like crazy here. Oh my gosh, man, over half an hour of me just meandering. See, this is where Nick comes in so handy because he does all the talking and I just sit here. Well, I'm mostly the eye candy. I think you know that. Um, and, uh, so he has all the topics. I'm not going to go much longer, but I did want to just talk about one thing, which has been really cool. We flew in to uh, Rockford, Illinois, if you're familiar with Rockford. We're able to use two small airports. Uh, we flew Allegiant Airlines. We've done that a couple of times. And uh, by flying out of Punta Gorda and flying into Rockford, it's really pretty cool because it's it, these are small airports and it, you don't have all the stuff that goes hand in hand with the big ones. Um, so... Uh, easy to get in and out of, really friendly people. We rented a car uh, at Rockford, and we've done that a couple of times. And I think I reserved a midsize or something like that. So we weren't sure what to expect. Got up to the counter, and my friend Stephanie, Stephanie at National, where's my bell? Ding. Um, was uh, it has been nice to us in the past. And she's, oh, Mr. Quaddy. And she, oh, it's nice to see you again. I said, well, hi, how are you, Stephanie? Yeah, okay. And uh, she she said, oh, you know, they're just cleaning them up as fast as they can. And there's a line of six people behind me. And uh, she said, uh, how about, uh, would you like an F-150? And I said, well, I drive an F-150 at home. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I won't have to figure out where everything's located or anything like that. She said, well, great, I got one for you. She gave me uh, a gas allowance because it sucks gas. Um, our uh, RF-150 has a 36-gallon gas tank. This one has about 24. I miss my 36-gallon tank because at least in my mind, if I see, oh, that only burned a quarter of a tank. In my mind, I'm going, well, I can't be that much. How much is a quarter of a tank? A quarter of a tank in that is like half a tank in the one I'm renting. Plus, there's a suspension difference that I can't explain. And, of course, in Wisconsin, because of the winter-summer, winter-summer thing, the roads are bumpy as can be right now. So, um I, this truck is, it rides like a truck and I'm, Lisa and I are not used to that. It's been okay. Um, but it's great to have the, 
the space cargo space because as i said we've been moving stuff for my mom uh hey but i've filled it up twice now <laughs> i'm gonna have to do it again i'm relatively sure we have not driven that far so national if you're listening i'm not going over in miles it's unlimited unlimited miles i think i should be safe um but i'm telling you the the roads in wisconsin are, are way better than they are in michigan so there you go wisco there's my backhanded compliment but they're bad man they're just rough and bouncy and and so on so we know that uh <laughs> we are very fortunate in florida because it does not get where we are much below 40 degrees if ever and uh we don't have the buckling and so on of, of the roads so you get used to that and we have <laughs> so uh, but i will say the weather up here it's unbelievable fall has always been when we've lived in the midwest my favorite time of the year far and away my favorite time of the year um it is beautiful it is absolutely spectacular we went for a drive earlier today and uh, 64 degrees and sunny not a cloud in the sky so it, it cannot get better in the fall here and of course the trees are changing and that's about peak or maybe a little past peak in some of the spots but uh beautiful part of the country and beautiful time of the year so if you ever get a chance and haven't been up here and i know that's true of the northeast to uh the uh, allegheny forest in in philadelphia or in uh, pennsylvania is amazing and uh, of course north into uh, maine and uh, vermont it's just it's beautiful new hampshire beautiful country up there uh, michigan a crazy beautiful area but the bumpy roads <laughs> and you know I'm right, Michigan. Sorry about that. We'll have the snow, the snowbirds coming back to Florida probably when we head back at the end of this week. So um, the delightfulness of, of not much traffic is about to fade away. It's going to get ugly. And these are, I, I believe, the people that buy homes in Florida and then do the summer up north and winter in Florida. I believe they only allow the worst drivers to do that. And so uh, <laughs> it is just stupid how bad some of these drivers are. And, and it's just consistently bad. So it changes what you do. You're constantly on the lookout. It's like I'm riding the Harley all the time, even when I'm in the truck, because I'm assuming people are going to mess up. And I'm really not very often disappointed. So there. Um and do I ever mess up when I'm driving? Yeah, but by comparison, I, I applaud when I, you know, maybe mess up and blow through a yellow light. <laughs> but other than that, it's it's crazy. Um, so looking forward to that when we get back home to Florida. Beyond that, this is where I usually shut up and let Nick talk for half an hour. Uh, <laughs> he always says, he always, I always talk way more than you do. Not this time, buddy get all the talking um but we're sure missing you nick and uh, wish that uh, you would get better soon and listeners viewers thank you very much for hanging with me today if you have any comments anything you want to add about what i said this is i got to tell you something if i did a radio show and all those years i listened to guys like uh like brand meyer and kevin matthews and those guys in chicago i don't know how they did it i mean you just don't go all in i if we had some sponsors, we could do commercials. Come on, sponsors, suck it up. Uh, 
we do like 10 commercials, it seems like, and I could drink some water and, and I have a cocktail, something to uh, to lighten things up. But I uh, hope you suffered through it okay. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week. And hopefully we'll have a healthy Nick Cubic joining us. I'm John Quaddy. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And you know what I always have to say at the end as I'm clicking onto the right screen. See ya.